you ready? All right. Thank you very much, uh, everyone, and uh, welcome back to Things You Are Not Supposed to Talk About with Big Louie G, baby. That's me. All right. And today's thing we're not supposed to talk about, curiously, is uh, notable black Americans no one is noting. Yeah. How about that? Huh? I'm going to talk about some folks you may not have heard about. And if you have heard about them, you may have only heard about them with the negative connotation of being an Uncle Tom. Good Lord. How did that come back into fashion, huh? All right. And uh, maybe you heard of them and you only know of them as the, maybe from their political affiliations or, 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 or something like that. But do you really know who they are? Uh, so there are many uh, notable black Americans who have made significant contributions to their communities and the country as a whole. Yet we never hear about them. And if we do, it's always, like I said before, with the connotation of being an Uncle Tom. And I'm not sure how calling an educated black American male and Uncle Tom, when you're a white or even worse, a black American male, makes any sense at all, by the way. Um, I'm pretty sure that's a, a stupid insult. And um, you should read the book because it's a really good book, by the way. And um, Uncle Tom's pretty cool. So first off, when was the last time Condoleezza Rice was in the news, right? Does anyone care to hear what she has to say? Or is maybe Stacey Abrams way more interesting? Or maybe maybe the two times lo- two-time loser... You know, Stacey Abrams is more interesting, right? I mean, she ran twice. She lost twice, right? Um, and as far as I know, Condoleezza, Condoleezza Rice hasn't lost at anything. I'm pretty sure someone should be asking her a lot of questions. Um, does anybody care what she has to say? I don't know. Did Gavin Newsom really uh, deserve to keep his job in California as the governor during the recall? Or did Larry Elder get shitted on, you know, for wanting to fix the very things that Gavin Newsom got recalled for? <laughs> How about that? They called Larry Elder an Uncle Tom. He called him a house Negro. That's what they called Larry Elder in California. You don't know who Larry Elder is, and you only know him as the guy who ran against Newsom in a recall. That's terrible. Uh, awesome man, by the way. Anyway, um, you know, are free cars from Oprah Winfrey more important uh, than the contributions by K. Cole James? Right? I don't, I don't know. Maybe. How come uh, the black American neurosurgeon Ben Carson wasn't on every station during COVID-19, but the white Dr. Fauci was? Huh? How come no one wanted his opinion on a disease when he is a prominent medical professional, yet they had every nurse or PA on huh, who, would, who would espouse the certain talking points? Uh, why is it that during a national financial and mental health crisis, no one wants to hear from Thomas Sowell, a PhD on such things, who's written numerous books and articles on the socioeconomic crisis facing black communities today. You know, why would they rather hear from Will Smith or Sean Penn on such matters? I don't, I don't know. When Forbes talks about great CEOs of American commerce, how come no one is mentioning the unbelievable job done by Herman Cain with Godfather Pizza? I mean, why isn't he mentioned in the same context as, say, Steve Jobs? You know, I'll sh- I'm going to give you just a few notable black Americans not being noted by anyone because of only one reason, and I'll let you figure out what the, at the end of this presentation what that reason is, okay? Let's see. Condoleezza Rice. We, talk- we talked about her for a second there. Uh, Condoleezza Rice, uh, but did you know these things? Uh, she's an American political scientist, diplomat, and academic who served as the 66th United States Secretary of State under President George W. Bush from 2005 to 2009. She is widely regarded as one of the most influential women 
in modern American politics and a trailblazer for women and minorities in positions of power. Uh, Condoleezza Rice was born on November 14, 1954, in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, to uh, Mr. Wesley Rice, uh, John Wesley Rice, and Angelina Rice. And both of her parents happened to be college educated, and her father was also a Presbyterian minister and college administrator. Uh, as a young child, Rice showed an early aptitude for music, especially that old piano, and, you know, she pursued her passions throughout her youth, eventually earning a degree in music from the University of Denver. After completing her undergraduate studies, Rice turned her attention to political science, earning a master's degree from the University of Notre Dame in 1975 and a Ph.D. from the Joseph Corbell School of International Studies at the University of Denver in 1981. Uh, she began an academic career as a professor of political science at Stanford University in 1981 and eventually rose to become the university's provost in 1993. 1993, excuse me, which was uh, where she held that position until 1999. Her career in public service began in earnest in 1989 when she joined the National Security Council under President George H.W. Bush as a specialist in Soviet and Eastern European affairs. She continued to serve in various positions in the administration throughout the 90s, including as a special assistant to the president for national security affairs and as a senior director of the National Security Council. During this time, Rice became a prominent voice in shaping U.S. foreign policy, particularly in the areas of arms control and Russian relations. After George W. Bush was elected in 2000, Rice was appointed as his national security advisor, becoming the first woman to hold the position. As such, she played a key role in shaping the administration's response to the 9-11 um, terrorist attacks, which included the creation of the Department of Homeland Security and the authorization of the use of military force against Afghanistan and Iraq. In 2005, Rice was appointed as Secretary of State, succeeding Colin Powell in the position. As Secretary of State, Rice played a critical role in shaping U.S. foreign policy, particularly in the areas of Middle East peace, nuclear nonproliferation, and human rights. She helped to negotiate a ceasefire between Israel and Hezbollah in 2006 and played a key role in brokering a peace deal between the governments of Sudan and rebels in the Darfur region. Both of those feats are nearly impossible to achieve, and she did it. Additionally, she worked to improve U.S. relations with China and Russia, and she was a leading advocate for democracy and human rights around the world. After leaving office in 2009, Rice returned to Stanford University, where she served as a professor of Political Science and the Thomas and Barbara Stevenson Senior Fellow on Public Policy at the Hoover Institution. She has continued to be a leading voice in American politics, speaking out on issues such as immigration, national security, and education reform. In addition to her career in politics and academia, Rice has also been a trailblazer for women and minorities in positions of power. She has spoken frequently about the importance of diversity and inclusion in American politics and society, and she has encouraged young women and minorities to pursue careers in leadership and public service. Throughout her career, Condoleezza Rice has been a powerful force in American politics and a leading voice on foreign policy and national security issues. Her legacy as a trailblazer for women and minorities in positions of power is one that could continue to inspire generations to come. I'm going to tell you, I really like Condoleezza Rice.
that is the longest um uh that is the longest um little um essay that i that i have written for any of the other ones she hers was the longest it was the first and there are many reasons for that but the biggest one is that i have three daughters and i asked them to espouse to very few women in leadership i've given them mostly men examples of in leadership and the one woman that i have given them is condoleezza rice you know and i'm sure there are many others i'm sure some people would consider randy weingarten a great leader i don't know <laughs> you know what i mean but right in my opinion she's not better than condoleezza rice how about that uh another part another person is uh, thomas sowell right thomas sowell is a renowned economist social theorist and public intellectual known for his political views on issues ranging from race and economics and education. He was born on June 30th in 1930 in Gastonia, North Carolina, and grew up in Harlem, New York during the Great Depression. Sowell's early life was marked by poverty and hardship as he grew up in a family with limited resources. Despite these challenges, he excelled academically and was accepted to Harvard University, where he earned a Bachelor of Arts degree in economics in 1958. He went on to receive a master's degree in economics from Columbia University in 1959 and a Ph.D. in economics from the University of Chicago in 1968. Throughout his academic career, Sowell taught at various universities, including Cornell University and UCLA, and authored numerous books and articles on economics, politics, and society. His works include Basic Economics, Race and Culture, and The Vision of the Anointed. Sowell's economic theories emphasized the importance of free markets, individual freedom, and limited government intervention. He argued that government policies, such as minimum wage laws and welfare programs, often have unintended consequences and can harm the very people they are intended to help. He also challenged conventional wisdom on issues of race and culture, arguing that cultural factors and individual choices play a significant role in economic outcomes. In addition to his academic work, Sowell was a frequent commentator on public affairs, appearing on television and radio programs, and writing columns for newspapers and magazines. He is a strong critic of affirmative action policies and other forms of racial preferences, arguing that they perpetuate racial division and do not lead to genuine equality. Sowell received numerous honors and awards throughout his career, including the National Humanities Medal in 2002 and the Bradley Prize in 2003. He retired from teaching in 2010, but continued to write and speak on issues of public importance. Throughout his life and career, Thomas Sowell has been a prominent voice in racial thought and an influential figure in fields of economics and social theory. His work has challenged conventional wisdom and sparked debate on issues ranging from cultural to economic policy and the role of government. While his views have been controversial at times, his impact on political discourse and intellectual thought cannot be denied. Nobody's talking about Thomas Sowell, and if they are, they're really mad at him for some reason. Are you mad at Thomas Sowell for all that stuff? I'm not mad at him for any of that stuff. All right, man, let's take a look at uh, Clarence Thomas, right? Clarence Thomas is an interesting guy. Uh, but when you, when you start to just talk about Clarence Thomas and who he is, uh, you, start to, you start to hear some of the omissions. 
Clarence Thomas is an American jurist who has served as an associate justice of the United States Supreme Court since 1991. He was born on July 23, 1948 in Pinpoint, Georgia, and grew up in a segregated community. Thomas attended College of the Holy Cross and then Yale Law School, where he earned his Juris Doctor degree in 1974. And after graduating, he worked as an assistant attorney general of Missouri and as an attorney for the Monsanto Company. In 1979, Thomas became a legislative assistant to Senator John Danforth of Missouri, whom he later succeeded as Missouri's attorney general in 1979. In 1981, President Ronald Reagan appointed him to head the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Thomas was nominated to the Supreme Court by George H.W. Bush in 1991 to replace retiring Justice Thurgood Marshall. Thomas was confirmed by the state by the Senate after a highly publicized confirmation hearing in which he faced intense question from the Senate Judiciary Committee. Throughout his career in the Supreme Court, Thomas has been known for his views on such issues as abortion, affirmative action, and gun rights. He has often been described as a textualist or originalist, meaning that he believes in interpreting the Constitution according to its original meaning at the time it was written. Thomas has authored several notable opinions during his time in the Supreme Court, including a landmark case of District of Columbia v. Heller, which affirmed the Second Amendment right to bear arms. He has also been a vocal critic of affirmative action policies, arguing that they perpetuate racial division and do not lead to genuine equality. Uh, Thomas has widely been respected for his legal Scholarship and commitment to the rule of law, he has been awarded numerous honorary degrees and has received several prestigious awards for his contributions to the legal profession. Throughout his life and career, Clarence Thomas has been a trailblazer for African Americans in legal profession and a prominent voice in conservative thought. While his views have been controversial at times, his impact on the Supreme Court and on American jurisprudence cannot be denied. Right. That's why we're picking this guy. He, he, what he's done for law cannot be denied. What he's done for blacks in law cannot be denied. Um, how about the old Ben Carson? Huh? I like this guy, Benjamin Solomon Carson, commonly known as old Ben Carson. Uh, he's an American retired neurosurgeon, author and former politician who served as the, as the 17th United States Secretary of Housing and Urban Development under President Donald Trump. Carson was born on September 18, 1951, in Detroit, Michigan, and grew up in a single-parent household with his mother and older brother. Carson was an academically gifted student from a young age, but he struggled with anger issues and a poor temper. His mom, however, encouraged him to channel his energies into studies and his faith in God. As a result, Carson excelled in school and went on to attend uh, Yale University, where he earned a degree in psychology in 1973. He then attended the University of Michigan Medical School. Wow, you know, he goes from psychology to medical school where he received his medical degree in 1977. And after completing the medical education, Carson began his career as a neurosurgeon at St. John's uh, Hospital in Baltimore, Maryland. He quickly gained a reputation as a skilled surgeon and an innovator in the field of neurosurgery. In 1987, Carson became the first surgeon to successfully separate conjoined twins who were joined at the back of the head. Wow. Wow. Could you imagine connect, disconnecting and reconnecting all of that? That's crazy. 
Uh, I can't even talk about it. Throughout his career, Carson authored several books on health and personal growth, including his best-selling autobiography, Gifted Hands, which was later made into a movie. His book, Think Big, which encouraged readers to pursue their dreams and believe in their potential, also became a bestseller. In 2013, Carson announced his retirement from medicine and began to focus on his political career. He became a political commentator and frequently spoke out against policies. In 2015, he announced his candidacy for the Republican nomination for president of the United States. Although he gained a following among conservative voters, he uh, ultimately suspended his campaign in March 2016 and wound up endorsing Donald Trump. Following Trump's election victory, Carson was appointed as the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development in 2017. As Secretary, Carson worked to reform federal housing policy, including the creation of the Envision Centers program, which aimed to provide job training and other resources to low-income families. In January 2020, Carson announced that he would be leaving his position as Secretary of Housing and Urban Development at the end of Trump's term. Since leaving office, Carson has continued to be active in politics and public policy. Throughout his life and career, Ben Carson has been a trailblazer in the field of medicine and a leading voice in American politics. His commitment to education, faith, personal responsibility has inspired countless people to pursue their dreams and believe in their own potential. Carson's impact on American public life and his contributions to the field of medicine will be remembered for years to come. Yeah. yeah, Ben Carson is not going away, right? He's done stuff in medicine. Dude, I, could you imagine conjoined twins at the back of the head? I, I, you know, that's all you have to say. He did that. Man. Ugh. How about uh, K. Cole James? Anybody hear her? No? Raise your hand. Nope. All right. She's a prominent activist, author, and public servant who has held a variety of leadership roles in both the public and private sectors. She was born on June 1st, 1949 in Petersburg, Virginia, and grow, grew up in a family of educators. James earned her Bachelor of Arts degree in English from Hampton University in 1970 and later earned a Master's of Public Administration degree from George Washington University in 1977. She began her career in public service as a staff member for the Virginia House of Delegates in the early 1970s and later worked as an assistant secretary for public affairs at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services during the Reagan administration. In the early 1990s, James became the director of the Office of Personnel Management under George H.W. Bush, making her the first African-American woman to hold the position. She was later appointed as a member of the National Commission on Children under President Bill Clinton in 1991. After leaving government service, James worked as a policy analyst and commentator on a variety of issues. She uh, served as the dean of the School of Government at Regent University in Virginia from 1996 to 2001 and as president and CEO of, of the Gloucester Institute, a leadership organization from 2006 to 2013. In 2018, James was appointed as the president of the Heritage Foundation, a think tank based in Washington, D.C., She has since become a prominent voice in political circles, advocating for limited government, individual freedom, and traditional values. Throughout her career, James has been a trailblazer for 
black American women in leadership positions. She has been recognized for her contributions to public service and political thought with numerous awards and accolades, including the Women of Courage Award from the Independent Women's Forum and the Blackwell Award from the National Black Pro-Life Coalition. In addition to her leadership roles, James has authored several books, including Transforming America from the Inside Out and What I Wish I'd Known Before I Got Married. (laughs) That might be a good one for me to read, huh? That sounds like a good book. She has also served on the boards of several nonprofit organizations, including the Family Research Council and the National Rifle Association. Look at that. Holy smokes. Kay Coles James is a respected leader and a prominent voice for traditional values and limited government. Her career in public service and the private sector has been marked by numerous achievements, and she has been recognized for her contributions to American politics and society. There's a woman you've never heard of, and she's doing all that stuff. Nobody's talking about her. You know, let's talk about a kind of controversial name, I think. And I think his name is controversial because people don't really understand who the guy is. How about Larry Elder? Uh, Larry Elder is a radio host, author, and political commentator known for his provocative views on issues such as race, politics, and economics. He was born on April 27, 1952 in Los Angeles, California, and grew up in the city's inner city area. Elder attended Crenshaw High School and later earned a bachelor's degree in political science from Brown University in 1974. Um, He went on to receive a Juris Doctor degree from the University of Michigan Law School in 1977, and after practicing law, Elder turned to broadcasting and began hosting a local talk radio show in Los Angeles in 1992. He gained a following for his political views and confrontational style, and eventually landed a nationally syndicated radio program, The Larry Elder Show, which aired from 2002 to 2021. Man, grassroots, right from the ground up, right? Small little radio show, boom, guy goes national, okay? That's working hard. Throughout his career, Elder has been an outspoken critic of affirmative action policies, arguing that they perpetuate racial division and harm the people they are intended to help. He has also been a critic of government welfare programs, arguing arguing that they discourage self-sufficiency and encourage dependency. Elder has authored several books, including The Ten Things You Can't Say in America. Oh, sounds a little bit like this podcast. And Dear Father, Dear Son, a memoir about his relationship with his father. He has also written columns for various publications, including the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Times. In addition to his media work, Elder has been involved in political activism, running for office several times. In 2021, he ran for governor of California in a recall election against incumbent Gavin Newsom, but was ultimately unsuccessful. Elder remains a prominent figure in media and a voice for those who hold more traditional views. He continues to host his radio show and write books and articles on issues of public importance. Yeah, Larry Elder has always been a, a divisive kind of guy anyway. But he's an interesting guy. He's a smart guy. And if you listen to him, uh, and if, if you actually hear his message, you can, you, I mean, you can't help but say, yeah. You know, how can you argue with that? Uh, so, uh, I, you know, I've got another one. I've got, I've got another one to go here because, 
you know, it's important that you hear as many as you can so that you say, hey, how come we're not talking about these guys? How about Herman Cain, right? Uh, he, he's passed away, but Herman Cain was an American businessman, author, and political activist who rose to national prominence as a candidate for the Republican Party's presidential nomination in 2012. He, uh, Cain was born on December 13, 1945 in Memphis, Tennessee, and grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. He attended Morehouse College in Atlanta, where he earned a degree in mathematics in 1967. Cain went on to, on to earn a master's degree in computer science from Purdue University in 1971. After completing his education, uh, Cain began his career as a computer systems analyst for the Coca-Cola company in Atlanta. And he quickly rose through the ranks and eventually became the vice president of corporate systems and services. Well, in 1986, Cain left Coca-Cola to become the president and CEO of Godfather Pizza, a struggling pizza chain based in Nebraska. Under Cain's leadership, the company experienced a turnaround, and by 1988, Godfather's Pizza was the fourth largest pizza chain in the United States. In addition to his work in the private sector, Cain was also active in politics and public policy. Man, this guy was busy. All right, he was taking a broken down pizza company and bringing it to national prominence. And then he was activating in politics and, and public policies. This guy's amazing. Uh, he served as the chairman of the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City from 1992 to 96. And he was a member of the National Restaurant Association's Board of Directors from 1988 to 1996. In 96, Kane was appointed as the chairman of the National Restaurant Association a position he held until 1999. He's doing a bunch of stuff all at the same time. Kane's political ambitions began to take shape in the late 90s, and he became an outspoken advocate for conservative policies and limited government. In 2000, he ran for the Republican nomination for the United States Senate from Georgia, but lost in the primary. Kane went on to serve as a senior advisor to the 2004 presidential campaign of Senator Bob Dole, and he later founded the political action committee, Herminator PAC, to support conservative candidates for office. In 2011, Kane announced his candidacy for the Republican nomination for president of the United States. His campaign was marked by a charismatic speaking style and a commitment to conservative principles. And he quickly emerged as a favorite among Republican primary voters. However, Kane's campaign was also dogged by allegations of sexual harassment and infidelity, and he ultimately suspended his campaign in 2011, in, the, in December of 2011. Uh, after the end of his presidential campaign, Kane remained active in conservative politics, and uh, he continued to be a vocal advocate for limited government and free market principles. He frequently appeared on television and radio programs, including his own nationally syndicated talk radio show. The Herman Cain Show. In July 2020, Cain died from complications related to COVID-19. He was 74 years old. Throughout his life and career, Herman Cain was a powerful voice in American politics and a leading advocate for conservative policies and principles. His leadership in the private sector and his commitment to limited government and free markets inspired a generation of conservatives and his impact on American politics and public policy will be felt for years to come. So, you know, 
in the end, right, being a black American is a real issue that seems to be compounded by the assumption that all intelligent black conservatives are Uncle Toms and House Negroes. Because every person that I've mentioned on here, that has been said about them. And I think it's disgusting. And I think somewhere along the lines, people need to correct themselves when it comes to this stuff. Okay? It would seem to me that the less you know about these very famous and outspoken black Americans is only because they are not being noted in any way, shape, or form as such by anyone who seems to be controlling everything that has to do with you knowing them, right? (laughs) That would include most social media platforms and the cable news media. It is a glaring omission from the mouths of more antagonistic black leaders who prefer the use of rhetoric instead of arguments grounded in facts and basic human understanding. Relying on others to tell you about others is unfair to others. Learn about these men and women who have overcome and overwhelmed their haters so much that their sheer intelligence, their sheer mindfulness of their surroundings is probably the greatest threat to the white race since, well, I don't know, I guess the white race, huh? Come on, folks, let's get it together. Thanks for joining Big Louie G on Things You're Not Supposed to Talk About. I was happy to be here today with you. Have a great day. Take care.